all set up over there. Jason fucking scope. What up, Sean? Dude, this is the pure definition of a dude that finds you online. A huge fucking fan of yours. And I love seeing you just like cultivate a career in comedy. That's I I appreciate so much, man. And you know, I've had my 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 what would be the word? Hardships because they threw me off of TikTok, but now I'm back on. Did yeah. they they threw you off? My original TikTok, they threw me off. I got the boot. What? Uh, yeah. Did they did but, they tell you why or they just Oh, I I could go on for about an hour about that. Basically, they just said it was because of content violations. Oh boy. But they didn't give you much recourse to fight it. So I sent them several emails and like 2 months later they sent me an email back and they were like, "Yeah, sorry." They said it was they uh yeah, they just said like multiple content violations. And then, but now I'm back and I'm just, you know, you ha- you just have to be really careful with TikTok. You have to really color within the lines, but that's okay because my I, building up my Instagram, um, uh, YouTube now, I'm doing YouTube. I just yeah, started I saw that. Donald J. Trump podcast. And I think to me, I don't know. I think I'm really onto something with that because I feel like YouTube, I feel like TikTok, I love TikTok. It's put a lot of money in my pocket. Instagram has put a lot of money in my pocket. But I feel like both of those things are kind of like the Kindle to get the real fire started. Right. YouTube is a real log. Right. Yeah. So well, that's what's up, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time for today, too, because I for those that don't know and at some point. So we're not live, but at some point when they I'm changing up my my rhythm as well, just okay. because of this random nuances that I'm dealing with, with, with social media and this and that. So right now we're going to use this to capture the data and then I'll, I'll, I'll post it at a latter point, but here's, so I found you naturally on TikTok, started following you. You are fucking hilarious with your impersonations. One of my favorites is you do, uh, you do, don't you do Sebastian too? You do Sebastian. You do. Yeah. yeah, I fucking love it. You got, I mean, I've heard actually, and then didn't Jim uh, Brewer, give you a shout out for doing Chris Rock? He did, yeah. That's... He specifically mentioned Rock and Maniscalco. And obviously that was uh, really, really cool. I, I can't imagine because that uh, that's a god in himself. And I love his stance in life too, man. I love how, and I think that's what I'm, I think all of us as we're adulting, we're being more and more attracted to people that are just real. You know, that's oh, why yeah. I like, I know I even love your shit, but I love, I, I was watching some of your oldest stuff and one of the things I like to do, and this the, the purpose of my show is almost get to know someone as if what, whether someone's listening or not. And I uh, w- is what you said in that skit back in the day was like 2018 or so, and you were at um, you were in a real theater and you were having you were fucking hilarious, and you were talking about your background being uh, Trinidad Tobago and your dad being Polish, et cetera. Is that actually you never it, know if the if comment you know, yeah if, no that's a hundred percent accurate. My nice. mom Trinidad and my dad is. Polish. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it's a very, uh, I guess, sort of unique, you know, unique mix. Too many people who are, I mean, the, the two, I mean, the most opposite cultures that I could possibly <laughs> think of. You know what I mean? Like, and it's right. also, in terms of like uh, interracial, like everybody, right. the main, like black, white, white guy, right. but Trinidad is multiple races, you know, like yeah. my mom. 
mixed. You know, she's like, she, if you look at her, she looks kind of like Indian, but she's like Indian and black and white. There's white in there too. And then my right. dad is basically like the, like, I dyed my hair blonde. My dad's hair is naturally blonde. He's got blue eyes. He, you know, it's just a whole different. So uh, what's, uh, what's like your story, if you don't mind me asking? Because you're in New York now, right? That's home? Yes. Is, has that been home your whole life? Or did you, like, what's your story? Well, I grew up in Long Island. Okay. Island. I lived in the city for years. I'm currently back home in Long Island, but I'm very close to the city. I'm a 40-minute okay. city. I'm in New York City all the time. And basically, long story short, here's my story. Uh, I got into stand-up many, many years ago. I started in open mics, was kind of shy. I mean, I'm very outgoing, especially now. But at the time, like I would come into the city and I would literally pay for the train fare, pay $5 to, you know, order a drink and sign up. And then I would go up. And at first I would bomb and bomb and bomb. But then I started, I figured out a, a, like five or six jokes that were great. But the thing is, I would do amazing. And people who are literally doing the White House Correspondence Dinner now and on comedy and with Amy Schumer on tour with Louis C.K., they were coming up to me, dude, that was great. But then I'd be shy and I would just leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like comedy is a social thing too. So then I kept going to comedy and I, I started to intern at Broadway Comedy Club and then I would okay. get check spots, which is like the, the shittier spot because the audience is getting the checks, but you go up and that's kind of how you kind of come up and stand up. And then I started to get booked at other things. And I would, uh, I was doing stand up for years and years and years. And I, and I opened for, I would open for, um, uh, Jeff Ross, the roast master. I opened for nice. Michael Stay from Saturday night live, Melissa Villas and York for Saturday night live. I did a bunch of MTV pilots. I did, uh, I did, a uh, did, uh, I, I got on a impersonation contest show with Dana Carvey. That was another huge blessing. I went out there in LA. I won $10,000, but I wasn't really active on the internet. Then the right. pandemic, and I get on TikTok and then TikTok, that was my original TikTok. And then I started to, I mean, it was just an avalanche of people would hit me up. Hey, can you do, my dad's turning 50. He loves your videos. He loves Trump or he loves Chris Rock or he loves whoever. Right. Can I, how much would, can I just pay you some money to do an impression? So I'd be like, yeah, we worked out a deal. And the next thing you know, that just became like an avalanche. And then. You know, and then uh, uh, the live gigs, I got, I got a voiceover gig at the Super Bowl as Chris Rock. Wow. Okay. Rocket Mortgage, Quicken Loans wanted to hire Chris Rock, but they wanted to put together a package. Chris, this is exactly what it's going to look like. So they animated it and they had me imitating his voice. And boy, that voiceover work, I mean, Jesus, is it lucrative. And wow. That and all these unique live gigs and then more and more live gigs. And so right now, where I'm at now is I'm finally after 10 years of, you know, doing very well just in New York, but not right. really. I've done television, but the internet is such a fertile ground for gaining new fans like this. That's how I met you. I'm right. here with, I'm making real, I'm making more money than I ever did doing spots around New York City, even on the road opening for people. You don't make that much, you know, like right. I opened for Don Calling, Chappelle's opener. I did Thursday show, two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night, one show Sunday. I think I made 600 bucks and the club made what, like 50,000? And I'm not saying, God, do I love I know, I God. hear you, I hear you. But I'm working now really, really, really hard, and especially with the YouTube, writing it and editing it and doing everything that I can to gain fans and gain fans and gain fans. And then I'm living off live gigs here and there, but also the cameo money. But I'm building my – there's so much more. There's so much more. And I'm doing right. the – now, but I want to do a sh I want to do something with all the characters, and I just want to build everything together. But I'm working my butt off 
and uh, it, things are going really well. So I'm really super thankful. Bro, I could, I could fucking taste your fucking tenacity and your hunger and your drive. And, bro, move a little bit to the center. You're, like, cut off. You're, like, half. There he is. There's that beautiful man. All right. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Um, but bro, your fucking energy. So, how old were you when you got into the game? Because you, you're not, you're not like, how old no, are you? I'm not a spring. Ch- well, I'm 30 years old. Thankfully, I look very young, and I feel very, very young. But I was stand up was sort of a slow process because when I speak from the first open mic to when I started opening for, you know, Michael Che and Melissa Villasenor, that was the first several years. Like I said, I would just go into the city, pay right. the fine, drink the drink. But then I was shot dead. So what were you? You were like 20 at the time. I was, this goes back to even 18. And then like 20, 21, 22. When I was like 22, that's when I really started to kind of rise up and be known in New York. And then it just went from there. But things really started to pop off for me. um, Like early 2021, 2020. But one of the, I have such a fascination towards comedians in general and, and seeing behind the scenes and the, and the hardships and the, and I mean, I, from what I, from what I hear, everything from the Rogans to the Theo Vons to the, to the Dave Chappelle's to the Jerry Seinfeld's, I mean, the list goes on to the greats. When you actually see them behind the scenes and you listen to them on a long format podcast, they share with you kind of how fucked up they are in a good way. Not that every, not, not any of us aren't, but kind of the, the sleepless nights, the, I mean, really, comedy is a, a, a release from reality, right? Like you're breaking, and here you are as a performer, and you've got to have, and I mean, some of this is so, uh, you know, it's, 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 to you, it's simple science, but to those that don't know, and because it's so fascinating to me, you got to have fucking balls, man, because you're, you are, you, would you say right now, have you, the, when people talk about bombing and stuff like that, have you had that feeling? I can't imagine, you know, we all have the nightmares of, of going to school naked or, the, you know, like of not feeling well loved and pursued, whether in companionship or fucking let alone career wise. But to be on a stage, whether there's one or 10 or 200, I, it takes it's got to be such a unique dynamic to be able to overcome that, to go fuck this. I'm not doing this again. Right. Sure. Do you well, like I would say luckily any time that because oh gosh i gotta really think back now okay you're, cu- my, you're cutting yourself off again why you keep go oh. move it <laughs> come on <laughs> there okay. he is there he is okay i'm gonna try to stay right okay so yeah um i would say when i first started doing open mics if i got like one or two giggles i would walk away thinking like man i crushed it and then i actually got good. I got five good jokes in a row and there was, wow, that's an actual great set. Right. So doing great. But then I remember the worst bomb that I could ever recall was I started to, I discovered like the black shows in New York and I would get booked up in Harlem and up in the Bronx, other yes. <laughs> black rooms. And I would go up there and they would love my stuff and I would destroy. And I guess I got a little too cocky, maybe Ooh. a little overly confident. And okay. then I black room in like, the Brooklyn somewhere in like East New York and they weren't feeling it. And it was the same exact set that had the night before up in the Bronx had crushed and just, Ooh, that was painful. That was painful. I think uh, there was a dude in the front row. He's like, yo, they're hiring at UPS. He's like, UPS is taking applications. 
And that just crushed me. At the time, I was more new, so I I didn't have the chops of like dealing with hecklers. Now I'm seasoned. If somebody heckles, I could, I have, you know, I just right. But at the time, I was such a young. Oh, dude! I don't care how. I mean, in my opinion, young or old, I'm I'm, I uh I, I donate some of my time on the weekends and I ref these young kids for soccer. My whole life is encompassed around soccer. I get heckled. I fucking have to. It's so hard not to lose my cool. Just in yeah. that degree, let alone it's not even my own. Like, it's not my art. It's not my performing. You know what I mean? To be performing, to be heckled. When, when you were, how did your story start to kind of become more passion hobby into like I'm gonna try this? Were you support? Like, were you in high school? Were you middle school? Where you're like, hey, Jason's a fucking. You're hilarious. Were you self-proclaimed yeah. funny? Like, where? How did you start to think? I always was the funny guy, the class clown. Okay. And I, impressions that's kind of how it started and what's funny is so i'll never forget it's like pivotal moments in your life i was doing accents okay I did impressions but i was doing accents and i would do like the indian accent british accent everything and then i was in the drama club sixth grade we were fiddler on the roof and there was a girl who was a year older rachel weiner was her name and rachel weiner also did accents. Okay. So here I am, I'm like probably 10 or 11 years old. And I'll never forget just looking at Rachel, the attention she was getting. And I'm like, what is this? I guess this, I thought I was the only kid that could do accents. Right. Girl, Rachel's doing the freaking accents. (laughs) Then I started and that, there was a, that was a pivot. And I started leaning more into impressions because nobody else could do impressions. And then as my voice started to change a little bit, I'd be 11, 12 by 13, I, would, I was getting really good. Teachers would stop before class. She'd be like, all right, I'm going to start teaching, but can you? And what's so funny is because Trump has become such a big part of my comedy lexicon. Right. I remember, it was social studies, seventh grade, Miss Galeno. The Apprentice had just come out. Everybody was watching The Apprentice. This yep. is when everybody watched must-see TV. Yep, yep. Know, before streaming and everybody was like, Oh my God, you're fired. Right. So she was like, Jason, before I start teaching, can you do your Trump? And you know, back then it was nowhere near where it is now, but I'm like, you're fired. And I'm like, you know, just silliness. And, uh, and then, and then I discovered the show Seinfeld and I, cause I'd watched stand up before, but Seinfeld was, I was like, look at him and doing stand up. He's on network TV. And that's what made me want to be a comedian. So I wow. looked at it. Once I graduate, I looked at it like a job job. I'm like, once I graduate high school, then I'm going to get into stand-up comedy. I didn't really know what that entailed, but I knew right. I was going. Now, were you immediately kind of like supported amongst your immediate friends and family and your support system? Or did they? was it the typical, what the fuck are you doing? Go get a job. Everybody support. Well, all my friends supported it. Uh, okay. And luckily, my mother through thick and thin, up and down, has always believed in me. And now she's, you know, her and, and my dad was kind of on the side. My dad's an immigrant. I mean, my mom's technically an immigrant, but she was right. born back there than she. So she's way more Americanized. My dad is like immigrant, immigrant, immigrant. You know what I mean? Like penny pension and like, you got to do this. <laughs> and gotta do that. So he was yeah. more, wasn't vocal. Like, I don't believe, but he was kind of like, I could just tell. Right, and right. The, like, what the f- what the hell are you doing? Right. Yeah. 
So. Now, and you and now at 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 thirty, which is amazing, because I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you're still young. Are you are you fully independent, relying on your your career right now, like of what your your or day job? Um, I'm I don't want to give away exact facts. No, no, no. That's that's your business. I'm just saying, but that's. But uh, I'm very, very, very blessed to now be fully getting by off comedy, and yeah. you know, not easy to do. But no, I, I'm, 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 and I mean this because a lot of people say this, or they can type it and like. It can come off so superficial, but man, I mean this. Being someone that's been on my own for twenty plus years, and and the, the I don't want to call it a struggle, but more of that. I use the analogy of kind of like swimming in the ocean. It's one of my favorite things to do, and it's like you should never get comfortable in it. Anyways, you should always be alert. You should try to stay oh, yeah. buoyant, be aware of what's going on, and the, the, those rogue waves trying to fuck you up. I'm proud of you, man. That's that's it's, and not only are you doing it on your own, but you're you know like everyone's everyone's grass always seems to be greener and my my immediate nucleus crew of friends family and locals are like must be nice you just podcast and you internet all day and i'm like well it must be nice to do it you you know like so in my opinion i know that what i can't imagine the hardships of once again i see you you're hitting the fucking pavement now hard right i see you really i follow you and it's like it seems to be you're doing a lot more street performing to get that 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 real live shock, that real life, because you were just in that. What was that? The the fair you went to? The something? The San Janeiro. The that was hilarious. And it's. Do you see when you do? For those that are listening that don't know, um, yeah. it was a fair that you did. Now that was local to your area. Uh, that was just right there in the city. That was Little Italy in Manhattan. Perfect. Now, when you're doing something like that. Do you, you have like a little crew now? Do you have a guy that's like your camera guy or like, how do you, that, I love, that, I love the behind the scenes. That's a great question. Um, my camera guy started out as a fan. He just followed me on Instagram. And then one day I, to be honest, I can't even remember exactly how we met, but I just remember one day he was like, oh, I could film you. And then he just became my camera guy. That's awesome. And I, I, I say to myself, because sometimes I can get annoyed. Like, I'm very, when it comes to the execution, I'm fixated on an idea. Like, right. for instance, works at a restaurant, my camera guy, Steve. And I met with him the other day. And we were supposed to, the plan was to leave at 5 p.m. to get to the festival to film. The guy who was supposed to come in and take over his place, he was an hour and a half late. Oh, and I was geez. doing but then I realized, Jason, wait a minute. This guy is doing this for you because he believes in you. And he he's never asked for a single dime. He's wow. just believes in you. Kind of like that Kanye documentary, how that guy was a comic. He gave up his comedian career to follow Kanye around because he believed in Kanye. And I said, instead of lashing out, and once again, it's because I'm so fixated. Right. Oh, I have right. a mission. I said, let me, let, I, I sat there and I was like, no, it's all good, Steve. So Steve got off of work, and I wanted to hop on the subway to get there as fast as possible. But Steve is an avid bicycle rider. He has his electric bike, and then so I got a city bike, and he's like, no, dude, I work all day. He's like, the highlight of my day is being able to ride the bicycle. So I said, okay. So I rode the bicycle. Long story short, the footage we got at San Gennaro is some of the best footage ever. And he insisted. I said, I want to just go to a certain point, put on the wig. He said, no, put on the wig and walk through the festival. So I listened to him, and I thought – the joy on the people's faces, the certain just we encountered just the right people at the right time. And in hindsight, I was thinking if I had 
gotten mad at Steve, insisted, no, I want to take the train. I want to get there now. Or if I had laughed out and tried to speed him out of the restaurant, I wouldn't have found those exact people and gotten such truly beautiful footage. Right. Beautiful. I'm not just saying my performance, the reaction of the people. No, I know. That's that's what that's the priceless you can't fake that. You can't no. you can you can that's what I think's resonating with your audience because I'm I'm one of them and I what I seem to be even though when I fell in love with your content it was it wasn't as much street performing was more was it your impersonations and your 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 fucking electric but seeing their reactions, it's at the fucking handshake, the jerk, the fuck, the whole thing is like, it's just, it just works. But once again, as we're adulting and we're losing that, that childish, whimsical feeling, like a, a kid could do that, no problem. You tell a yeah. kid, go run around and, and make pretend you're a, a, a unicorn, they're going to do it. Tell yeah. an adult to do it. It takes fucking balls, man, because I'm sure you, you once again, you've got to be out of your comfort zone. There's nothing comfortable about that. And I'm, I was, and I'm, yeah, I, I walk it into it. That's why I wanted to go to a certain part, stand there, and right. put on the way. Oh, walk through the crowd. So I was like, I don't know. But I just, I listened to him once again. Well, kudos to you too, because that opens up a whole nother fucking rabbit hole of just, irregardless of what profession, career, or wherever people are, it's, it's, being, it's being comfortable with, it's, it's okay not to be okay, all these cliche things. Um, for instance, being where you want to be, not have to be. And yeah. to be comfortable under uncomfortable circumstances and to slow yourself down. Because I think we're probably similar in the case. Like even even today, I had a little bit of a grump because I wanted it to – not with you. My own shit. My shit wasn't working at first. And I'm like, motherfucker. And it was like first thing in the morning and I get so mad and I'm like, yo, chill the fuck out. I'm about yeah. to go on – I'm about to have a podcast with this fucking hilarious guy with no script, with no, with no, with no ceiling. Go in, there's no, it's okay. And yeah. I'm, 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 it makes me even happier to know that you've got someone in your crew that's a supporter of you because it just – it's almost better than paying – So I'm sure at some point, if you're not already, you will be compensating him. But to yeah. have someone that believes in you is like it's, – it's another thing that's priceless in this adulting game is you know, 80% don't care and 20% are glad it isn't them. So I'm glad that in, it, as you continue to cultivate this career and lifestyle – now, when you're doing that, I, I, I used to go to the city a lot, like three, four times a year, and it scares the shit out of me. To this day, can't get around. I know it's a grid system, yada, yada, yada. I get fucking – I get into, I get to Square Union. I fucking put my head down, and I'm texting <laughs> my buddy, where the fuck am I going? I get – but I come from a small town with like 1,000 permanent residents, and I've been here my whole life. So it's, it's, it's a – when you're going to that uh, – those types of settings, do you need permits? Do you need shit like that, or is it kind of – as long so, as you're not fucking smacking people, you're good. Yeah, you're not smacking people or breaking the law. You're fine. Okay. Um, filming with the camera. If you're doing something on a grander scale, like you're working on a short film or something, or right, maybe right. even your YouTube production, then you'll you'll probably need a permit. But you know, we've never been hassled by law enforcement or anything filming. And and I I, I don't have a problem with crowds or the city. I you know I, I'm a city guy at heart. Right. I, I've loved. Uh, New York, uh, you know, the, I love the energy. I love, you know, I've been all around the country and there's, there's no place like New York. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying any place is better than the other because boy, is there untapped beauty all over the place. Yes. 50 states, every nook and cranny, mm -hmm. there's incredible stuff, whether it's a restaurant or a bar, a nightclub, mm -hmm. there's all around. But I'd say there's no place else like the energy and ambition and the hustle and the grind 
that people have in New York. It's just mm-hmm. like explosive. I, and it, it's very complimentary to your personality. And I'm glad that it's very, con- it's, it's conducive for you. One of the things too, when you were doing the subway scenes, the most recent ones, who's your, who's that little short guy kind of like walking around with you with the hat? Is that, is that just a. That's Pepino. Okay. Pepino is, I met Pepino years ago. Pepino was kind of a, a bar hound. He would always be hanging out at a specific comedy venue in New York called the Grizzly Pair okay. and he was drinking but Pepino he was just a guy at the bar but he himself always had aspirations to do comedy himself okay and he would get up every now and then. he'd sign up for open mics but I always saw that he had everybody loves Pepino everybody knows Pepino by name whether it's the comics the bar patrons the guys behind the bar the people who own the place he walks down the street everybody knows him and I say, Pepino has some star quality. He just, there's something about him that's just entertaining. So, and I knew that he himself had aspirations to do comedy. He had produced comedy shows. Oh, wow. And so he booked me, you know, here and there when he was trying to produce, you know, because he lives in the West Village. He's lucky enough his father lives there and he lives with his dad. And so, okay. you know, um, but, um, and I said, Pepino, I, I just one day had the idea for the mini trunk. It just came to me. A oh, lot of so my- that's the, that's the, okay. I'm making sense now. Go ahead. We were hanging out at Grizzly Pear. I had just done a comedy set and I came out and boom, it just hits me. And a lot of my ideas, I don't sit there and go, I'm going to come up with a great idea. A lot of my best ideas just fall out of the sky and smack me right in the head. Like they just come to me from God knows where, you know? Like when I thought about jumping in the East River, Trump being like, we're finding ballots. There's so many folks down there. That idea, I was waiting for the, and it just, poof, it just appeared in my head and was like, oh, I got to do this. And that's So now I when you, I remember that skit, when you're doing something like that, I'm sure you, you have to execute like within net 24, 48 hours, you're just like, so fucking, you got to do it. Yeah. Now, and so now your guy, Steve, He's, it seems like he's dealing with your rodeo brain, right? Like, I got to do this shit. Let's fucking go. And like, because I mean, it's, it's incredible. The one thing that I find so fascinating as being, and my, I'm by no means anywhere near where I would want to be content wise with the, with the, the equipment. And I, I find it fascinating for those that when I see your content and anyone like yours, that's hands-free, I'm like, how are they, who is, who's the guy? Who's that other guy? You know, cause whoever it is. The good, the content that's working, like yours, I find it to be, and I'm no cinematography, but I have that, I have the, I love the nuts and bolts. And it's like, that's fucking amazing that he's, he's got you. It's, it's, it's symmetrical. He's, he's even key. Like, yeah. cause you're not, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you probably don't have, cause I don't either, but you don't have like a fascination of cinematography, right? You're just want, you're making the content. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Right. I mean, I, Film. I, I've written a screenplay and a half because I'm kind of working on a second okay. one. Right now. But uh, but I know nothing about right film, right cinematography, camera work, nothing. Steve has his instincts, and once again, I'm so lucky to have the guy. And once again, it just I can't even tell you the exact origin. I told you how Pepino started. I don't. Me and Steve just started working together, and we're almost. It's like a married couple. Right. We, right. He'll have this. He'll say, I think this will be better. I think that'll be better. But it, he's always there when I need him. 
Now, how is this? How is this? I love you being so candid because it gives me, I feel so gifted that I, it's like I get to be in the green room with you before you're going live. This team that you're kind of, that's forming naturally, are you guys starting to put like, you know, corpo shit to it? We're like, yo, we meet on Mondays and we write or we this, or are you keeping it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be jotting down ideas and Steve will also come up with ideas. If not ideas, locations. Maybe. Right, right, right. He's always riding his bicycle. So he's like, I saw this great, cool thing. That would be a cool background. And then we will organize. Okay, let's plan to meet tomorrow at this time. Because, okay. you know, if I goes to work here. So we usually meet between 12 and 5. And I also, in terms of the little group, Steve, Pepino, I kind of like the like a rat pack, like, like the jackass guys. You got right, Steve. Right. Johnny Knoxville, you got Bam. I want my audience to kind of see us as like this little group of friends and cohorts, and right. you know, you know, and and I think that's working because people are kind of like, oh, this guy seems fun, or I'd love to hang out with him. And look, they, they they seem like they have a blast together. So it's right. like, it's I'm, my desi- my desired goal is coming out where people kind of see, look at this little ragtag group, right. And, I think it's a cool thing. I like how you're branding it because it's it's also, in my opinion, as I get to talk to you for the first time, but been have a fan for a while, is your your lifestyle is 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 your is your content, and you've got to you're fucking hilarious in general, and you're animated, and you're and you're fucking you're you're just on. I'm sure it's 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 you're not a self appointed comedian. It's happening by consequence of your your it's it's an involuntary movement, and I think by consequence of that. Whether it's comedy or like, for instance, in my case, soccer, I eat, breathe, sleep it. So now by consequence of that, I'm being asked to do shit and I've got people that admire and want to be around it. It's the best way to cultivate a, a, a kind of a tribe because you're not making them do it. You're not demanding them to do it, but they appreciate you and you appreciate them. And now what's kind of cool is that that support system, man, and I'm sure you know this, Jason, but as as we're getting older, the the support is I had a podcast yesterday with a guy that was on literally today was he was heading into surgery today and he was in the hospital room and he's my age we grew up together I've known him for thirty some odd years and there was no one there and he's and he's got friends and family in this but like when 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 push comes to shove and the, and the visiting hours are over so to speak either literally or figuratively you're all alone you know and I'm I I think it's awesome that you seem to be you're you're comfortable with who you are and you're putting out your content. And even though you got the support system, you would be doing it with or without anyone, anyways, because this is your dream, this is your passion, yeah. and I'm proud of you for that. I would, right. I would. It's like a plant. You find the sunlight; it grows towards the sunlight. And I'm just, even as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing, and I've told myself how thankful I am to have a guy like Steve. But even just, you know, talking about it, it, you realize again, and I'm like, damn, I really am lucky. Like, look at how this happened. Yeah. Really love. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm getting the feeling too that this hasn't been this like I'm. I know there's been those fetal positions, blood, sweat, and tears in all aspects, but I don't feel like you have almost been on the brink of giving up a hundred times. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, there are times like when I got thrown off TikTok the first time. That was a oh. huge. Okay, that's true. That's got to be a blow. Well, you're, I can't imagine being de- deplatformed, and yeah. your your followers were, you know, like you're, you're like what the because no one wants to hear see the here's my new account. You're like ah fuck it, I don't want to. You're, you're I, like follow my or it's like someone loses their phone. They're like here's my new number. You're like I'm not saving it. Just text me next time. I can imagine that feeling of 
what the fuck. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like a lot of your exposure, especially during the pandemic, was TikTok. It was a very natural, organic way yeah. of skyrocketing you. Wow. Yes. And then, they, okay, so you had a pretty, you had like a come to Jesus moment right then and there. You were like almost gave up. Yeah, I mean, of course. And, then, and, and any human being that will deny that is probably lying. It's like, you, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to have this happen and that happen. But, you know, I always have that little thing in me. Even if for a few days or like a day or two, I'm like, oh, it comes back. It's like uh, when, you, when you put out a fire, but there's still one little uh, smoldering piece, right. one little right. and then enough time, a little gust of wind comes by, a right. flame will and until that little thing is completely put out, it'll always grow back up. And that's kind of how I look at my ambition. And, you know, I also just, I, I, I love to sort of be a rabble rouser. I love to, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to put this into words. I mean, I'll say something as you're saying it, because I think it's in parallel what you're saying. I bet you probably have this, it's currency to your soul to see people happy. Yes. It's, it's to some degree. I mean, I'm not trying to brand you as Gandhi because we're, you know, we all have our woes and, and shit that were going on, but there's something like, for instance, I get branded sometimes as a, as a, as a Giacomo that I enjoy. I'll, I'll miss my next appointment to talk to the guy at the gas station that has no pants on. I just, just to love on him, just to, with no motive, no, not to even do anything, but to, and next thing you know, it's been an hour and he's barely made any sense, but he feels good about himself. And for some reason, like you said, I slow down and, and for, it could be, I used this analogy yesterday, not that it's about the monetary game, but you turn around and there's a hundred dollar bill on the floor and you're like, wow, I, I'm glad I stopped. But once again, it's oh, not about, it's not about finding the money, but it's, there seems to be, there seems to be a lot of, um, there just seems to be a lot of it's, it's, it's such a reciprocal thing when you, when you listen or, or like I, I've used this the other day, no joke. And I just started saying this in my own immediate private life. If you're, if you're, if you're hanging out with people that are it's in a habitual nature, whether friends, family, this, that, and the other. And I understand that there's always going to be people out there that are going through shit that are just aren't happy, but you give yourself a 30 minute to an hour increment with someone and you're not laughing at some point, what's going on? You know, like life just really isn't that serious. Now I understand there's times to be serious and, and, and there's times of, there's times of grieving, there's times of this and, and work this. And, but at the end of the day, if you if recreationally speaking, you got a lot of people in your life or even a few, and you're not leaving there with some chuckles in your life. It doesn't seem good to me. Right. And I'm not even making that up because I'm on the phone with a comedian. I mean, it just doesn't feel good. And I, I think what you may be trying to say is that you probably it's, it's, it's fuel to you, man, to see someone yeah. fucking, you know, keeled over laughing, or maybe cause you, you put yourself, you got balls. I see, I, I get, I get anxiety for you when I'm like, this motherfucker is walking right through this subway. I know he don't know any of these people. And you got, I didn't know Pepino at the time. Now you got a little Pepino walking around with you. And I'm like the, 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 the it takes it, man. And I'm happy for you. And it, even if it's two people on that train or that car, that are keeled over laughing because they appreciate the, this fucking guy, you know, yeah. and we're all, we all get stuck in that groundhog day effect, the nine to five. And I hate my life and I hate my job and I hate my companion. We all been there, but to have a guy like you break the mold, whether for 10 minutes or, or, you know, 
I appreciate you. And I'm glad that when I, when I catch you on, on, you know, my, my content flow and I'm scrolling, you, 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 you're, you're a break from the reality, you're break from reality, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Now I've noticed too, it's probably perfect timing because we're moving into political season. I guess I think are you, you're really hovering on the, on the, on the Trump thing. Have you, are you, is that because, and I, I, this is such a, this is something that I'm so curious about when it comes to all people in your field, when you start to hover around a, a, a person or a thing, is it because you're seeing the reaction or is it just because you got more content or is it a combination of everything? Like, where are you at with that? It's a combination of everything. Okay. Reaction. It just, it, it, it's never gotten old. And he keeps, he's the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a pilot for the Trump show six months ago, but I was worried that I said, if I'm going to, am I going to do Trump every week? He's not president anymore. He might just fade from the headlines. You know, he might just fade away like the other past presidents, you know, like George W. Bush. You don't hear about him anymore. Right. But now back in the news again, he's never going away. A friend of mine had a good analogy. He goes, no, he's Michael Jackson. He's Elvis. He's, he's never, ever going away. And... So the, he's the gift that keeps giving. Also, it is hella lucrative. The cameos, I, of all the cameos I get, he is the biggest, the most uh, asked for. People who love him want a cameo of Trump. People who hate him want a cameo of Trump. People who love him, who have family members who hate him. Oh, my aunt hates Trump. Can you do Trump? Da, 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 da. One guy, this is the weirdest one. One guy asked for a cameo he goes i hate you i hate donald trump not me i hate donald trump right. can you do a video of trump convincing me to like him so i'm like sure i don't know what your motivation behind that would be but uh sure and um yeah trump definitely it gets eyeballs and uh, the podcast has been doing great it's it's very early stages but it's doing so great all my YouTube shorts that I put up, little clips of it, have been getting a lot of traction. I've been getting subscribers, totally organic, just from people who've never seen me on other platforms. Or so, um, yeah. And I don't know if you know my story where, where how I met Trump. I saw clips of it when you you like shook his hand and you did the impersonation with him. I don't know how that came to be though. Yeah, even more to it than that. <laughs> and it's really, truly, the craziest story. One of the probably the craziest most unique story of my life hit me the day he came down the escalator and famously announced that he was running i personally thought it was a publicity stunt i'd followed the guy for years i just thought oh, okay he's trying to sell something right. so we're out bar that night with a couple comedian friends and there's a copy of the new york post there and it's literally trump in clown makeup with all his quotes, they said outrageous quotes. The New York Post, who ended up uh, later endorsing him, they're like, this guy is a joke. And this idea, once again, just hit me. I didn't think of it. It literally just came like the feather in Forrest Gump yep. and right into my brain. And I looked at my buddy, Mike, who was sitting across from me. At this point in my life, I'd never gotten a tattoo. I said, dude, what if I got a Trump 2016 tattoo? He just goes... His jaw drops and he goes, if you get that, I will literally pay for it. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, am I actually going to do this? 10 tequila shots later, me and a whole group of my friends 
are walking down McDougal Street. The tattoo shop owner is closing shop. It's like 3.50 a.m. Everything in New York closes at 4 a.m. It's 3.50. He's about to lock up the shop. And we're like, no, 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 no. Our buddy here wants a tattoo. They're like, no, come back tomorrow, okay? We open at uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow. And they're like, no, you don't get it. He wants a Trump 2016 tattoo. The guy goes, ho, 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 ho. I, this is too good. Opens the gate back up. He calls his tattoo guy, happens to be a Mexican gentleman, who is now already at the subway walking down the steps. He's like, come back. We got one more customer. The guy's like, oh, what about tomorrow? He's like, no, this guy wants a Trump 2016 tattoo. He's like, oh, shit. He comes back. It's in the city, so the tattoos are really expensive. 150 um, bucks. Three, right. three of my friends chipped in $50. So I didn't pay a dime. Now I have a Trump 2016 tattoo. Now at this time, this is before. Where did you put this tattoo? Right there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. You really did that. Oh, yeah. And at the, this is before everything became so politically divisive. Nobody at this point thought that he would win even a primary. Right, the idea. Right. So all you think New Yorkers, God, the, 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 how much they despise him. But at that time, and still to this day, when people see this tattoo, they're like, what's that? And I explain the story. They're like, ah, that's the funniest thing ever. I've never gotten any hate ever. And I don't hide it with this tattoo because people ask and I just explained. But anyways, back to now, June, 2015, everybody's loving it. Everybody, can I get a picture? Everybody thinks it's so funny. All my show business friends are like, you got to tweet him. You got to tweet him. So I tweeted him. He didn't see it. And speaking of discouraged, I remember I had a job walking dogs at the time in Brooklyn and wow. dogs at once. And I'm feeling like, man, I got this damn Trump tattoo. He hasn't seen the tweets. And I'm like, let me, and I'm looking at the skyline of Manhattan across the river. And I'm like, I want to be there. I want to be there entertaining people. I don't want to be here in Brooklyn with these freaking dogs. I take out my phone. I'm like, did Trump see my tweet? And he, it, he didn't see my tweet, but he was announcing a book signing. He's like, I'm doing a book signing this Tuesday at Trump Tower, 9 a.m. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'll be there. He'll be there. The media will be there. My tattoo will be there. This is it. And I walk up to him and I go, Mr. Trump, how you doing? Um, and I remembered from years ago seeing him on the Conan O'Brien show when I was in middle school. And he goes, I don't like tattoos. I hate tattoos. So I remember that for some reason from literally my literal childhood. I said, Mr. Trump, I know you're not a fan of tattoos, but God, I want to make America great again so bad that I got this tattoo. And he just lit up he gets up with the biggest smile he's like i love this guy and he goes look folks this guy got a tattoo and that's a big deal okay look i know deals look and this is i swear to god i swear to god this is what he said he goes i gotta win the election for this kid he goes i cannot let this guy down and then he goes come here so now he gets up out of the chair and he runs over, the, he goes by all the cameras, and I, I listen to what he says. I run over to him, and he just looks at me, and he goes, he points and goes, get the book. Like, he chastises me almost. So I'm like, yes, Donald, I'm sorry. I run back. I get the book. He's holding the book and pointing at my tattoo. I'll send you the picture of him holding the book, pointing at the tattoo. And he's pointing at the tattoo. So then he shakes my hand. He goes, you're a great guy. Takes off, goes back to keep signing books. 
I go to walk off all the media. They're like, wait, 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 don't leave. What's your name? How old are you? What do you do for living? Oh, you're a comedian. Where do you perform? Da, 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 da. So then I finally, when they're done with me, I walk off and I bump into Mark Halpern, who he's a guy who's since disappeared off the face of the earth. He was me too to, to oblivion. And when that, when the whole me too happened, but at the time this was pre me too, he was still alive in the media. And he's like, so you're a comedian, huh? He goes, you want to do some jokes for our cameras? And I was like, sure. So at the time Obama was president. So I uh, do uh, my Obama uh, impression. And he goes, can you do a Trump? I'm like, can I do a Trump? I'm like, absolutely. So then I'll never forget this moment. He goes, would you be willing to do that in front of him? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course, of course. And this is what he says to me. He goes, we interviewed him at the Woolman ice skating rink yesterday. He goes, we gave him nice questions that he liked. He goes, when we give him questions he likes, he gives us access. So I'm like, cool. So he walks me back to Trump and it's true. He was in the middle of a conversation. He goes, Mr. Trump, uh, the comedian here, he does a little impersonation of you. Would you like to see it? And Trump goes, sure. So he had one camera on Trump, one camera on me, and then he edited it when it aired on television together. And then Trump goes, wow, he's better than the pros. He is a pro. And uh, yeah, he goes, that's really good. That's really good. So, you know, it's just. Is that I the footage him. that I've seen? Because it's like you guys are, that's when you, is that what I've seen online? That was that same day, but that wasn't all of it. No, okay, I, I, yeah, I just, I'm sure it's just a blip of it, but yeah. wow, dude. So did that end up like a moment like that? Did that end up, did you get the kind of response that you were looking for? Or was it like, this was great, yeah. but I got more work to do? Like what, what happened after that? Did your, do you wake up and your fucking Instagram is like blowing up? Like what happens? Well, at that, that's a good question. So before we get into all the opportunities I got, I was on page seven, me and Trump on the New York Post. Literally half age was me and him. The New York Times did a little write-up about it. No photograph, but they did a write-up. Right. Um, a little condescending. They're like, this guy who calls himself Jason Scoop. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's my name. That's my I mean, name. Correct pronunciation of my last name is a little different, but it's I pronounce it Scoop, so I changed it to S-C-O-P. It's Polish with a Z, but anyways. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, at that time, oh my gosh, I got I got I invited on like 20 podcasts to talk about it. I got booked on all these different things. I, yeah, it was an opportunity avalanche. And also, when good things happen, it's not just the opportunities that other people give you. When you have that confidence and that shine yes, on you, right. I feel like you radiate. And then other things, you know, you, other things sort of happen. And then so yeah, it was uh, that was a uh, that was a great time. And now I'm now I'm doing what I'm doing. But also. I'm a lot more disciplined now and I'm a lot more regimented now. At the time I was in my mid twenties, I was drinking with comedians all night. I rarely have a drink now because I'm just so damn focused, especially now wow. that I have the podcast. You know, with the Trump podcast, I spend one day for about ten minutes jotting down the ideas in a notepad. Then the next day when I'm ready to shoot, I rip all the pages out of the notepad, lay it all out, and then order it. Then I'll film it. And then cut it into chunks. And then my friend Eric, who another friend that I'm blessed, he's editing it for free for me. So wow. he could just on it and be able to promote himself. And um, and then on top of that, I'm thinking TikTok. And then I'm thinking what I put on TikTok, you know, I know what I know the algorithms now enough. Right. The fan base here and there and there. I know what I should post on TikTok and then I know what I'll put on Instagram. I know five right. TikTok a day, one Instagram post a day for the algorithm. And right. then pop 
once a week on YouTube, but also several shorts of little clips of the podcast. So that gets in new subscribers. And it's like, it's a machine. It's a machine. It's a machine now. It's interesting that you have to, it's just like where I'm at. I, my, my passion hobby is just to communicate with people, but I'm not good at, one of the things I'm not doing is doing the shorts and splitting them up. And like, there's so many little, you know, it's the sound bites, like, like Rogan's and those little, because a lot of, a lot of people are, don't have the attention span to do the hour and a half, two hour, you know, podcasting, listening. I still do. I, I enjoy it, but, um, I, I, I think you're doing a hell of a job because it's, once again, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's a passion of ours, but we know we need to do it to get that traction. Yeah. And, and of course, I have no doubt that, you know, you're going to continue to excel and the right people will be in the right places and you'll have yeah. people to, taking that load off of you. So you don't have to worry about cultivating yeah. the, the digital intake of it. But man, I'm, that's, that is fucking awesome. Has, has there ever been any other communications on the behalf of his staff to you? Or was it kind of like, He's that was the only time. Okay. Um, I've met many people who are in his orbit since then. Okay. I recently, I was at a bar in New York and Giuliani walked by and I was able to, I saw that. Yes. At Rudy. And, uh, I mean, regardless of how you feel, because he's a, even more divisive than Trump, you people feel so strongly about Rudy. And uh, I, just as a kid who was 10 when 9-11 happened and, you know, he was like the 9-11 guy. And then I remember he hosted Saturday Night Live after that. And the, mm-hmm. Lauren Michaels was like, uh, Rudy, can we be fun? Do we have permission to be funny again? And then. Rudy goes, why start now? So that's sort of the Rudy I remember. And then now, or you like that or don't like that or whatever the hell, he's so freaking iconic. I mean, the guy is so iconic, you know? And, but either way, you know, when I post that on TikTok, if, if people don't like it and they're like, oh, Rudy, why would you, how could you be with Rudy? It's like, that just feeds the algorithm. So I win either way. I, I was going to say, it's got to be a unique situation because I have no idea what it's like to place yourself in a position where you're, you know, even even like uh, meeting Trump and, and then the post that now and you doing the show and like there's got to be, there's got to be no, all press is good press. And I, there's got to be a lot of people that look at that and they probably so curious to know your stance and that's your business. I don't want to know your shit. That's your, your business. But it's got to be interesting because those that are so geared to be blue or red or to be, I'm you know, I was actually traveling for the last few months and I was on the West Coast and I learned within less than five minutes to stop saying I lived in Florida. So I didn't, you know, and I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't brand myself as with any political uh, stance. I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying that for the show. I'm fucking chill. I don't care. Um, right. But literally well, just by saying I, I reside in Florida, it was like, a hand would go up to like kill me. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I just live there. You know, like I, so, um, it's inch. Do you, do you, how do you navigate that? Like in your personal life, you you know, like, let's just say as you're getting more and more attention, do you have the, let's just, I'm just going to use the word naive, the people that may look, you know, for instance, you were at that fair yesterday and let's just say I, I could see one of the ladies was giving you a little bit of shit. She said, I lived in Connecticut and you're like, we won Connecticut, you know, and you were <laughs> like, and you could just tell she, I mean, she's literally pretty much treating you like you're Trump. I mean, it was, it's all. Almost- yeah. 
Are you there? Yep. Okay, hold on. Let me see if why this went away here. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Hear me? Mm-hmm. There we go. Awesome. My bad, dude. I have no idea what the hell. That, it's a new software learning experience. Um, do okay. you find that to be like, how is the response when like you're out of character and just someone's like, yo, fuck you. And you're like, dude, I was just acting like, <laughs> well, the, I think, and there is, I wouldn't say this is by accident. I think I try to play it in a way where, and I almost feel like a magician because, uh, you've heard the term, uh, one, uh, one movie, two or two screens, one movie. Never heard of it. Never heard so, that saying. So basically, you'll say that one half of the like the Democrats will look at something and see. Oh, 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 oh. okay. Screens one movie. So basically, I've somehow found a way where people who love him love it. People who hate him so much also like what I do. And I think back to when you want to talk about like my personal political stance, I think back of 48 laws of power. One of the laws is, I don't know if you've heard of that book by Robert Green. Um, it's 48 laws of power. And one of the laws is commit to no one. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean like a relationship, but he's like commit to no one. And he says, only a fool rushes to take sides. He goes, mm. by appearing neutral, uh, you have control over everyone because both sides compete for your affection, right? Mm. So okay. basically, when people in the comments, especially on TikTok, argue about Republican, Democrat, I never chime in. Good. I never chime in. And they'll go back hundreds, which is just boosting my algorithm, boosting me, boosting me, pushing me out to more people, pumping me out to more people, but I never chime in. And, um, you know, obviously everybody, I don't believe there's any independents out there. Everybody, you know, there's definitely crazies, but everybody either leans, for the most part, leans, you lean one way or you lean the other way. Right, right. <laughs> I just think my stuff speaks for itself. You know, right. you're a detective. You can see which way my winds are sailing. But uh... right. <laughs> well, I love it. I I think what you do is you, in my opinion, being a, 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 a an avid follower of yours, I I enjoy it for what it is, and then I leave it alone. I'm mm -hmm. not trying to find reasons. See, I think we're so programmed now, and I think there's something to be said about looking for every reason not to take the job, take the companion, buy the car, take time to think, put it into your prayer tank. I'm all about that. But when it comes to humanity, I don't yeah. think we're, we're so programmed to, to look for every reason not to like someone, right? Like, and, it, and I, I've noticed this, and I don't want to sound uh, biased towards you know, the best country in the world, so to speak. I love the United States of America. But every time I leave the States, especially if I go somewhere I can't speak the language, there, there's, there's, I, I have this saying that like the minute you're in the, 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 the line to board the airplane, you'll, it, it won't be that odd for someone in that, that it, to ask you over for dinner if you didn't have food. Mm. There seems to be this and, and growing up in the States and being a citizen in the United States of America, it feels like we're still just so programmed to be like, I'm a New England Patriots fan. Mm -hmm. You are a Giants fan. 
I'm just right. We we must not be. We are in the same division. We cannot like each. And it's so high fructose corn syrup way of living. Like we just look for this division versus like you want to watch the game together, right? Right. And it, I'm using the football analogy as a, as a as a simple way of just getting the point across that. I, kudos to you for using a very flammable fucking topic. Yeah, and it's and, and I, both sides like. <laughs> And, and I'll say this, when it comes to politics, I disengaged from politics when I started to, it, it, when it got to a point where I am this, if you're that, I don't like you. I'm like, right. that's crazy. Yep. It's, and it happens, man, especially as we're moving into uh, the, the, the political season, man, it's going to get, and I, once, no joke, I couldn't, I, I, to to break a barrier down, I just stopped saying that I lived in Florida and just started saying I lived on the East Coast and people just leave it at that. Right. And it was this like odd and, and I, there's no hate for any side. I'm not trying to get into the whole Biggie Tupac bullshit West Side, East Side. It's just like you're saying the political scene and it's always going to be there and it's it's divisive. It's it's something that's embedded into our culture at a very young age and instead of all getting – you know, one thing I, I really – I, I don't know whether to love or hate the guy. I just watch his content too. I know he's just been deplatformed. What's that guy, Steve T- or Tate, something, Adam Tate or something? Yeah, you know, I, it's so, I'm glad, glad you brought him up because I was thinking the other day about him and I said, I love people who just speak their mind. I don't have to even agree with what they're right. saying. Like, I, 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 I just like colorful figures. Right, right. Uh, because Andrew Tate, well, first off, I don't agree on anybody being deplatformed for obvious, you know. I agree with you 100%. All that, but um, when it comes to Tate, it's like, I just think it's such a beautiful thing. Once again, whether I agree, because I listen to a lot, you know, he, at one point he was everywhere. Like you open Tate, Andrew, Andrew Tate, Andrew, I'm like, Jesus, this guy is just an explosion. But um, yeah, he would say some harsh things, but it's like, he's not hurting anyone. And right. he's extreme. I like um, I like anybody who uh, goes. I don't want to say goes against the grain, but like people who Zoom, he, he zooms out. Jason, yeah. he zooms out. He zooms out. Exactly. He zooms out, and I I I'm the same thing. Do I do I agree with his whole women make me a sandwich and shut the fuck up? Not no, not necessarily. You know, like okay. And I was joking around with a, uh, on, on another show I did the other day. And we were talking about how Kanye just said, like, I don't fuck with people that are broker than me. Like, that's nice. I'm, that's good for you. You know, I don't, I don't have that privilege of, that I got to fuck with people that are bro- – I'm broker than a lot of other people and I fuck with them. It's okay. I got it. But there's something to be said about, like you said, people that speak their mind. I don't agree at all with the yeah. censorship or the deplatforming of, of – the only thing I have no tolerance for on a, on a little caveat is like, and it still happens is like you see an animal or something being abused. That shit is like that, that shit, you know, all the stuff that's simple, abuse, child porn, all that stuff. Like, cause it, then it could get rather cynical and you get the people on that side that are like, well then what about, and like, oh, then, dude, let's just, let's just chill. You're not supposed to kill people and hurt people. Come right. on. But when it comes to speaking your mind, he did say a lot of things and now I'm seeing it on other people's syndication um and dude he's he said he goes the whole system is meant to to suppress us and that's nothing new under the sun with people like you and i that are looking for culture that are looking for the reason the purpose and it's awesome because once again your content that you're using 
though you're though you're portraying it in a comical nature, the hilarity to me is almost the it's 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 what it is. I mean, you're 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 bringing light to such a darkly dim scene, anyways. Like we don't know shit. We're never going to know shit. In my opinion, not to sound fucking uh, conspiracy theory, I think it's all programmed anyway. You know what I mean? Like anytime you get these people that are so sold out about anything, I don't care what it is, and it's right. not in your control. You you're never you're never going to change the ingredients of Coca Cola. It's it's Coca Cola. Like don't drink it. Don't try to change the fucking world on, on what a conglomerate's doing. It's not, unless you become Elon Musk and you got fuck you money, then you could start making changes. The, the guy's sending up spaceships and he's getting paid to do it now. You and I believe in you. You and I, be, I will support you. But don't come at me yelling at me that I I can't drink Coca Cola because there's a lot of sugar in it. What do you want me to do? Let me let me be me and you do you. But um, I once again I envy your your willingness to, to, to go against the grain because your content, once again, I think, I think you found, not think it's happening. You, you, you found a way to bring joy and hilarity to such a not funny thing. Well, guys like you and I think it's funny to this day. I see people standing behind a, 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 a any type of pulpit or podium. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you really doing this? Like I have this problem with self-appointed fucking leadership. I'm like, Nobody want, I don't want to be the captain of a uh, four soccer teams. It's fucking annoying. You got to, the phone calls to this, the organization, the teams that we're going to play is it the rain. Is that, why do you want this headache? And I've noticed that self-appointed leadership is usually the guys that didn't get picked on the team when they were in school. Right. And I was one of those guys, but I'm also not out there trying to now form a team without a team. And it's weird. So I think it's, I think you're headed for, I can't wait to see how you progress irregardless of, of, of success, but it's going to be interesting to see how you navigate. Cause you're going to, it's without a doubt, you're going to start being around and dining at, at tables with some really fucking influential people. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we've seen it all before. I'm sure all of your greats that you looked up to, they're very, Chappelle's one of them that had a this break away, you know, like that, that, that sucked them sucked him dry and then for him to to, to to him to ostracize himself from society and then resurrect himself i think you are going into it now with that that mindset of like w do you see yourself ever becoming like going towards the hollywood scene or will you be like go fuck yourself i'm staying my way like it's it's going to be interesting so i think you're going to start having a lot of those phone calls that's a great question i have because for a while I was thinking, I don't need that. I don't want that. Look at what I'm building. But there is a part of me that started from when I was a little child watching Jim Carrey and Robin Williams and stuff. Mm -hmm. Where So here's my thought on that. I do not want to. That's not on my vision board. That's not. I need Hollywood. I want to star in films. I'm working on my thing. But there's a part of my brain that says, I might be able to just send up there. It's not on my vision board. It's, right. I don't have it written on my thing. I'm like, damn, I'm making a living. I'm getting fans. I'm going out there. I'm performing live. I'm doing, I'm building this beautiful thing, you know, and it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It, 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 could I end up, you know, on the red carpet at the Emmys Oscar? Maybe, but, but boy, you know, I'm a gambler at heart. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, 
part of the reason why I'm so funny is I like to be a rabble rouser. Like you see, I'm on the subway. I'm here. I'm there. I, I like to see where, where could this end up? You know, mm-hmm. my girlfriend, she's very list oriented. And she's like, Jason, you need to lists. And she, she has her breakfast at nine, then nine Oh five, go to the bathroom. She goes, I blow my nose twice a day. Trust me. I never have boogers in my nose and everything. Then you have, um, to bring up actually, Trump again, he does have his book, Art of the Deal, very interesting thing in his book. He goes, I'm not, people would be shocked to learn that I'm not too tightly budgeted. I'm not, my time, he goes, I play it loose. He goes, I have papers all over my desk. I take, I make phone calls. I take phone calls. He goes, because I find people who are too tightly regimented there, it's harder for them to be creative. Mm. So multiple cylinders up here, but uh, yeah. And look, I love Los Angeles. I've the, the couple TV things I've done. I'll tell you this: there is nothing more intoxicating than even just dipping your pinky toe in the pool of that Hollywood stuff. I can imagine. I, I did a pilot with Wanda Sykes. My most Hollywood day of my life was I was auditioned out here for this Wanda Sykes show. They, I actually they wanted to, one of the parts of the audition was tell us a story about yourself. I'm sitting there with Wanda Sykes on Zoom, like I'm talking to you right now. I tell her the Trump story. She's dying laughing, and she hates Trump. All right. Me on the show, I go out there. It was called Nasty Women. Once again, a whole television show because Donald Trump called Hillary Nasty Women. I, they create a show. I get booked on it. It was a female-centric sketch show. So it was a bunch of women and me and one other guy. Black guy, friend of mine, comedian friend of mine, Matt Richards. So we were the two males with all these women. We shoot all day. We shoot the pilot. Unfortunately, it was for it was they were trying to get it on VH1, MTV. Didn't get picked up, but that's okay. I got a nice little paycheck. Yep. That night, I ended up because I was out there. I made some phone calls. I got booked on a show at the Hollywood Improv. Dave Chappelle was there. It was such a Hollywood night. Wow. And we were on our lunch break. And I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up watching Wanda Sykes with my mother, with my grandmother, dying laughing. Now I'm on my lunch break with her, and we're wow. both on the buffet line. We both go for the chicken, you know. So it's like, yeah, I could totally see how people, but you know, Hollywood is also like, you know, it's a very crazy place. But, um, but I love it out there. I love it. I'm, I mean, I'm a New York guy through and through. I'm an East Coast guy through and through. Um, California. I don't know how much time you spent out there, but it's boy, is it different. But uh, I was out there long enough to say I love everyone out there, but I, I've come to the conclusion why, in my own opinion, why everyone's so they're it, they're they're so angry because they got nowhere to go except Hawaii or fucking <laughs> Arizona. I mean, there's and I, I just joked with all of them because I was out there for like that sixty plus days, living amongst them in their community, all the way up to Seattle and. And it was, and look, they're all great people, very lucrative folk for the most part. Weather's beautiful, all the, all the things. But yeah. see, to me, being an East Coast guy myself, I love the accessibility of, of getting on an aeroplane and being either over the pond or being in the Caribbean or going up north to see, you know, I, I, I grew up in New England, so I love that I can go up. When you're, when you're Cali or Seattle, you really got nowhere to go. It's Alaska, Hawaii, or, or Vegas. And like, I, I think it wears on them. And also, too, man, and this is no hate against anybody out there, but there's still such that scene of what kind of keys are you throwing down on the bar table? You know, like, what, what are you driving? What are you doing? And as I'm getting older, 
I'm very comfortable with being comfortable. I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, thank God my lifestyle doesn't require me to be in, in fancy clothes and things. And I think there's a time and place for it. But being a beach boy, I, I literally have like two shirts and a pair of shorts. I like to keep it simple. And with that being said, it, it's, it's not a fan favorite when you're with the Gucci folk, you know, and, and there's that scene out there. But I think it's, it's, you got this great mindset because I think you're going to always, like, for instance, the political scene, or even if you do go Hollywood again, you're going to use it. It won't use you. Yeah. One thing I could say is, and I've had this since high school, you know, I was the guy, I was friends with the jocks. I'm friends with the drama club kids. I'm right. friends with smoking the cigarettes in the bathroom. I'm friends with the nerds, the band kids, you know? Right. I'm a chameleon in a way where I could really get along with anyone. And another thing I hate about politics, um, when, and this is on the Republican side, when people bash, they're like the coasts, New York. It's like, yes, yeah, there are problems here, but New York and California, California, the weather's great. New York is, I said before, it's magical, man. It's a magical place. Like, once again, it goes back to when you, because of the red and the blue, when you start to not see things for what it is, you know? And one other thing I wanted to say, this was a thought from, like, a couple minutes ago. Andrew Tate, Mm. people who hate him, they got to think, well, why was he so popular? Clearly, his message was resonating and it had an audience. Like, because there's this onslaught, there's this war on masculinity. Mm -hmm. And... It's like, yes, was he like a cartoonish, sort of like Trump, just a cartoonish opposing view? Yeah, but people like cartoons. And like, you know, I I just feel like like young boys growing up, it's like all of society is like, if you're a male, you suck. And it's like, what is this? This is kind of like sexism. You know what I mean? Well, he liked to... He liked to break. Once again, I'm sure he tip, he was tapping into something that was bringing in the the views. Yeah, and that's what then you know a, a guy like him. I'd love to have a chat with to get to know on a personal level and say, look, either in in public or behind the scenes in the green room throwing a whiskey back. Are you really that way, or are you just fucking doing it for views? And it's, either way, I would support him. You know, yeah. I would I would be like, dude, I, I'm once again, I never to this day, and this isn't a crowd favorite either, and I don't get in this type of dialogue in my immediate town and stuff, but, and I chuckle for those that lose sleep over shit like this, but like the whole Cosby thing too, remember all that? And I'm like, and to this day, to this day, if I'm like really been a while and I'm in a rut and you put on Cosby's, one of those stands up back in the day where the, the, the red background and he does yeah. the, that to me is like, I get goosebumps just thinking about that fucking skit. I mean, that whole performance. Yeah. I don't care, not to sound uh, unpassionate towards those that were her, or that, but I, it, I don't, it, I don't want to say I don't care, but it wasn't, I don't, th- th- I don't, I'm not watching him for what he's doing in his private life. Yeah. Now, granted, what he ended up doing or what he, you know, was he guilty, was he not? But the point of saying all that is, same thing with Michael Jackson, all the way down to, I mean, if you really think about it, if you want to do homework on Michael Jordan, you could find a hundred thousand reasons why I don't like him either. Right. He, right. he did his job. I was watching a basketball game. I grew up being a who wasn't in, in the nineties of Jordan fan. I don't care if he's a gambler. I don't care. Now, granted, if he hurt somebody on purpose, physically, this, yeah, that's going to be, t- it's, that's tough, but it didn't affect me personally. And I'm not going to not watch the basketball game. You know, like there's this, so I, I appreciate your outlook and view, even on whether it's Tate or this, because same thing, one of the scariest things, and that's what he's preaching that I get extracts from it when I see him now resurrect himself on a, 
on a, somebody else's podcast or something. He said, I mean, and once and, and not even to advocate for anyone, but what they even did to Trump is fucked up. I don't care whether he's Trump or 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 anyone like you. you how can you just take someone off because yeah. they're speaking? It's it's a yeah. scary thing. And that's what Tate is kind of, I think, saying is that it doesn't like watch the system is keeping us angry at each other so that we don't zoom out. Right. So that people are forgetting right is right. Wrong is wrong. Right. That's it. Is wrong. If you don't want it to happen to you, don't cheer it happening to Trump. Also, you know, uh, the, like on the liberal side, they're like, don't fat shame. Don't this Trump. Trump's a fat F U C. Yeah, yeah. I know the double you standard. Know? And how many times did they talk about his skin color? He's orange, yeah. orange. It's like, where, where is the, you didn't want to judge people off their skin. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I don't know. So many people are just full of shit. You know, well, I, I think mean? I think what's happened. I'm a. I have hope in humanity. I was saying this the other day. Like, I can get. I can be a cynical, neurotic motherfucker. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to real humanity, like today, I'm super blessed. I can go out and 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 everyone I bump into. Not only will I probably know them, but I'll get to know them because of my small media beach town. Now, and you being in a city, you may not be able to get to know anyone. But no one's really probably got a gun to your forehead in theory, right? Like. But there's still that there's still those old remnants of like, oh man, New York, don't don't take that alley. Now I'm talking about that's coming from a, a naive perspective. Remember growing up when we were really young and like New York was like I remember when I first started going to New York, I was only seventeen, eighteen at the time. And that and I was going by myself to see friends that had moved from here up there. So it wasn't even like I was going to see the city guys and we were like, Holy shit. And there's still that it's I remember when I went to Central America for the first time, the immediate crew people are like don't get cut up into pieces and then you get there and you're like they're the most amazing people in the world so it's it's once again it's the it, let's just call it the system that keeps your you 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 suppressed so that you're angry and look all the greats are talking about it rogan talks about it constantly i'm actually surprised rogan hasn't been deplatformed deplatformed I, I i think that there's something you know once you start hearing about a guy making 10 15 20 million dollar contracts I love Rogan. I think Rogan's like one of my heroes. I started my show because of Rogan. My show used to be a, a, a sit down one. And that was the whole, I love that like, holy shit. And I've been told and I was blessed with having good dialogue. But there, see, to me, once you start making that kind of money, somebody's in, someone's in your corner that you got to keep happy at that point. And I, and I mean what I say, like saying like, I don't know anymore if we're getting like a, a, a watered down version or if it's real anymore, but the disruptors of there. I give him credit for even during the pandemic and, and not being a fucking pusher of anything, you know, an yeah. advocate for pro or against the vaccine, just being an educator. And I, I love that through your content and through your personality, personally, like behind the scenes, you have this wonderful fucking demeanor about you that it doesn't seem that you're trying to push an agenda. You just want people to fucking laugh. You yeah. Know? It's about you're, the- put, you're, 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 you're dancing in a fucking, on thin ice, and I love it because when you're, you're, the political arena is – it's got to be unique. One of the things I've always wondered is that when you do meet – like when you met Trump or let's just say you meet like a hardcore Trumper or this, do, do they – are they looking for you to say like, like yeah, and if you don't, are, you know what I mean? Like is it – you, has someone ever just point blank said like, what did you vote for? Like you know what I mean? Or is it you, – you're able to navigate away from that? Uh, I would say I navigate away from it pretty well. And plus, you know, if I'm talking to a complete stranger, a lot of times you just yes them to death. Like if yeah. I was so- yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just yes them it. You know, I, I yeah. do the same thing now, especially when I'm traveling. You just, it's not worth it. Even if it, I, the only thing I won't agree with once again, is like kicking a puppy that, that I'll, that I'll stand yeah. up for. But if people are like, man, I hate burritos. I'm like, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Those burritos burn them all down. Cause it's not even worth getting an yeah. argument in the airport terminal about something so ludicrous, you know, but exactly. dude, this has fucking been great. I knew it was going to be awesome. You got a great, great personality you got i i already know and i'm saying this as a peer of yours not a superior you i'm proud as fuck of you you got this energy and it feel it feels like too man you're trying to i love how much you appreciate those that are loving on you you know what i mean you don't come off whatsoever like a lot of guys as they start to break that 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 success barrier I feel like can get very egotistical and condescending and and, and well i paid you your money leave me alone I, you have this, you have this really empathetic, sympathetic way of like, kind of, Hey, let's, let's have fun. Let's enjoy this. And it's, and you're, and you're breaking kind of some of maybe your neurotic ways of like, Steve, I said, we got to be at the thing, you know? And, he, and he's like, Hey man, look, I want to ride my bike. And I'm, I'm proud of you to be able to be loose a little bit because it's it, like you said in Trump's book, they're really, you are an artist, you know? And don't get, I'm not giving you no advice. You're doing great, but don't, I've noticed as I'm getting older and kissing 40, it, it's, it's life just isn't that serious. So if something's not working out or this, just stay true to yourself with that, that art that you have. You're such an artist and there's nothing, don't color inside the lines. Right. You know, and, you're, and I've seen egos destroy people. I've seen oh, them. Yeah. I've seen them lose opportunities because of it. And like you said, it's not that serious. And, and I got to tell you, my biggest, inspiration is norm mcdonald yes rest in peace i was so lucky to have been able to work with him wow yeah i hosted some shows for him at caroline's on broadway and uh he said to me he goes you know he goes what you got he goes is great what a lot of these young guys don't have is they want to go up there and they want to be the smart guy they a lot of young comedians he goes they want to go up on stage and be the smart guy he goes but your job is to be funny he goes the best comedians in the world are the smartest guys in the room but they play it down a little bit he goes like Ooh. david smarter than anybody but he played it down and norm dude norm even before he passed away i thought about for at least once a day about how thankful i was to have that opportunity and to just be around i thought about all the i studied him like a hawk you know as somebody who does impressions i study and norm would turn everything into a joke. Like he, he, the guy was like a wizard. He was like Yoda. And I guess at the time he had cancer. So when you know you're terminally ill, although I right. do believe, believed he could beat it, but you know, he was just so Zen like Yoda, you know, the, the, like Star Wars, uh, uh, Jedi, like, you know, and right. everything was funny. He turned everything funny. Like, everything like at one point we were in between shows this is just such this just warm lit up my soul we were in between shows and a woman who i guess was a, a friend of his or knew maybe the staff there was able to get into the green room so he said she could come in but she had a friend with her so this guy was like a friend of the friend who's in the green room and comedians in between shows you want to be focused on your right. set list you can imagine so this guy's like, well, I'm actually a documentary filmmaker. Oh boy. 
on a film about the history of anti-Semitism. And, you know, it goes back to da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So I'm standing by the door. I look over at Norm, and Norm is leaning in. He's going like this. He's like, aha. Uh-huh. He's like shaking his head. He seems like he's so invested. And perhaps he was, perhaps he wasn't. But he seemed so invested on what this right. guy was saying. So then the guy gets through his spiel, went on for a minute. Then he left and I'm sitting on the couch now and Norm is like looking in the mirror, kind of getting his notes together, like kind of like putting himself together. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I got to focus on my list here. Uh, You know, I have to hear about listening to that guy talk about uh, fucking Jews for 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, man. In the moment, he was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then he's like, yeah, I got to get my jokes together. You know, I, I had to listen to that guy talk about it. <laughs> fucking Jews for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's what he had. He could just turn anything. For, I mean, and, like, the, he would, the, 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 the wall, the fucking ceiling, everything. Right. Dude, he, he, to me, I'm so, I'm like, I'm, that's a, that's, that's one of those, I'm jealous of those. That's, that's. He's, I, I feel like he was such an underrated, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with the era that we were growing up with. Like, for instance, for a guy like me or you to appreciate Eddie Murphy, you got to look for it. You're not going to, I mean, you got to know. It's like almost like saying you like Biggie, but don't like, you know, the easy E's and like all that. You can't, you got to, you got to give the credit because that's where it came from. But with, yeah. with. Norm, he, he was so, in my opinion, he just never became the, he was never the, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but like he just didn't, he wasn't billboard, you know, and I know in his immediate culture, he was respected, all the, he was a god amongst the comedians, and you saw that even amongst his death. I think the reason for that is because he just didn't get, like he gave a fuck, but he didn't give a fuck. Is that what it was? I, I think that's what it was. I I, I think, uh, you know, he had a gambling problem. He had a gambling uh, Okay. And I think, so he was addicted to the rush, the thrill. And I think he was also addicted to, if he was on a late night show, oh, let's call out the network executive. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Don Olmeyer, the guy who was, I guess, president of NBC, was friends with OJ Simpson. And he famously kept telling them, hey, he's back on the OJ jokes. That's my buddy. And he just kept going even further, harder and harder and harder. So he got fired. So I think some of that was his own doing, but, you know. I well, think, it was like a, he's a real rock and roller. He didn't care. Yeah, he was like, yeah. "Fuck you! I'm I'm playing." That he was a Kurt Cobain of his time. Right? And this like, was back then when I all know. He was the networks right. and the yeah. And he still surfaced, so that's to be. I just watched a, a a mini little documentary on Chris Farley in the and once again it's that oh, there's a whole new series by the way. Uh, Vice, Vice. I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, Vice is doing like. Uh, a whole series on just comedians and their life. And it's about a 45 minute to an hour show. If you haven't seen it yet, it's fucking stupendous, dude. And um, it's unfortunately very dark because it's showing you the real life of some of these comedians that had a, to get breakthrough. They had to sell their soul. And I mean, they, they knew that, but they, we didn't know that now, thank God guys like you that are up and coming, I think you don't have to sell too much of your fucking soul to get awareness because guys like me, I don't care if I don't see the NBC stamp or the fucking SNL stamp. Yes, I want that for you, but it's not like I don't I don't take you less seriously because it's like, oh, this guy doesn't have 10 billion views. 
we are, we're okay with that. You know, like I'm, I think good people now, real content consumers, we're not, we don't need to see, we all love the Joe Rogan effect. Don't get me wrong. We all strive for the 10 billion views, get, I want to be there too, but it doesn't mean that the content's less valuable or enjoyable. And, um, but back then, like you said, for the norms and the, and the Eddie Murphy's and all those guys to have surfaced through a syndication and still be raw. I, that's why I think they were, they, they're, they're gods of their time. And, oh. uh, but that's incredible that you got to meet and show with him. But I, yeah, he's, he's just one of those guys that was so real and raw and it wasn't, wasn't beautiful. You know, I loved that about him. It wasn't the, he wasn't the sex craving. He, he wasn't the he, women weren't throwing the panties on the stage, so to speak. And I like, I like guys like that, that are just, it's what's what is his art was what was so jaw dropping in his in his performance, but that's incredible that you got to meet him and and work yeah. with him. But what's um if if you want what's going on on the horizon that I could plug for you? Do you have like I know you're are you kind of like I know you probably have premeditated things that you're doing when you're hitting the street. You don't really announce that shit though, right? You're not gonna you don't say like yo I'm gonna be on ninth and third tomorrow like. Okay. No, I. Yeah, I know. It's funny because people were just commenting that that street festival is lasting all week. And somebody just was, when are you here next? And I was like, well, I don't, I, I don't want to ruin the element of surprise. Right, right, right. <laughs> I would just say to the audience, uh, check out the Donald J. Trump podcast. Okay. YouTube. Uh, follow my Instagram. I, for the most part, um, if I'm doing live gigs, I'll post those in my Instagram stories. Okay. Um, and... Uh, TikTok at Jason Scoop Comedy. Fucking love it. So you don't have anything right now, uh, like a show or anything on the horizon as of right now? Just um, I have a, a list of stuff, but it's in the phone, which I'm okay. filming. Uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, if you but remember, cool. what I'll be doing is I'll um, with this new software, I'll be recording it and then posting it at a latter day within a couple of days of here, so it's fresh. But okay. send me anything that's pertinent that may be time sensitive. Send me it, and I'll add that in the link. Um, but dude, I can't thank you enough for being so receptive. I reached out to you originally back in the day. And then I think, you know, COVID and this and that. And originally I wanted to sit down with you, but now to, I'd rather have this than nothing, you know? So sure. I appreciate this. The energy was fucking great. I'm, I, I, you, you, a great way to start a day. And I, I can't tell you, I, I, I have no doubt you're going to continue to explode. And the podcasting is fucking hilarious. I've been watching that. And kudos to you, man. It's it's a it's a it's a tough scene to break through, and I feel like you're doing it. And I'm and I and I'm proud of you, and I envy, and I'm and I wish you nothing but fucking success and more hilarity. And uh, anything I can ever do to support you too, man, as you grow, any digitally, anything I can do, I'd I'd love to help you out. You got a great squad. Maybe one of these days too. I'm, I'm not. I haven't been up north in a while, but if I end up there, I'm supposed to be going to New England soon to see my cousin. Okay. And or I, maybe there. What what yeah, part dude, of Florida? I live in a small rinky-dink beach town called Flagler Beach, Florida, okay? So we're on this barrier island. You, you, there's actually a woman that I'd love to put you in touch with. She's, she's the only one that's pioneering uh, a comedy scene. Her name is Christy B. And she's, she's, just, she's just trying to get – she's been doing it for a handful of years now. It's a tough scene, as you can imagine, because she's an act herself. But she's bringing in acts, and she brought um, who's the night at the Roxbury guy? Oh, Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan. Um, she's brought a couple other guys, and she's she's trying to get. She's the only one in my area that's doing it because we're a small beach town. But I know you've heard of Daytona Beach. 
Oh yeah. So I'm by, I'm 20, 30 minutes north of Daytona beach. You got, and St. Augustine's actually bringing in a ton of new talent, even musically it's becoming a, a destination for a lot of good art. But if you ever think or plan on coming anywhere near around here, you got a, 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 a yep. my yeah, treat. Cool. I'll show you around. And, and I'd love to, it's a, it's chill as shit, especially going into the winter. If you need a break away for a couple of days, let me know. But yeah, love Florida. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll let you know when I go to post this, but uh, is it, I, I can't thank you enough, man. This was a fucking awesome experience with you. Hell yeah, you got it. And I'll, I'll send you uh, any live gigs that you could put in the credits or something. Okay. Or, cool. Awesome, man. Well, look, and I'll, um, I'll, as soon as it posts, I'll send you all the links and whatnot. But uh, I, hope you, I hope you enjoyed it too, man. I love talking with you. I- very much. This is definitely one that I'm going to sh- send to people. And uh, yeah, I had a, f- I had a wonderful time. All right, brother. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Uh, Take care. Mate.